Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the WH Island webinar, which is for the results period to the six months ending 30th of September 2021. Thank you very much for all making the effort to attend, and I hope we can um, give you a reasonable presentation and, and answer any questions. Um, I, I'd like to add also that I'm very pleased with these results and where we've got to uh, on what has been quite a difficult journey over the last two and a half years where we all took over. Um, and notwithstanding the, the, the various um, challenges that have been thrown at us, um, which began with Brexit in elections to this recent pandemic, which seems to be never going away and still affecting markets. I'm joined today um, by our chairman, Philip Shelley, by our newly appointed chief financial officer, Simon Jackson, and by Stephen Ford, who is our group head of wealth management. Um, I'd also like to add that I want to thank all of our colleagues um, within the WH Island group who, who've made these results achievable through hard work, uh, diligence, and at times some, some hardships that we've had to put in place uh, to get the firm to where it is. I'd also like to thank our board um, for their strong support and guidance throughout this period and the continuing support we've had from our major shareholders, all of which without those three groups, none of this would have been possible. Um, I'd also add that unfortunately I'm losing my voice, um, much to everyone's pleasure. So Phil Shelley, our chairman, has um, uh, willingly said that he will take over the presentation. Myself, Simon, Stephen and I will be here for Q&A um, should anyone have any. Um, so on that note, I'd like to hand over to to Phil Shelley, our chair in London. Thank you, Philip. Uh, welcome to our half-year results. Um, uh, you, you've been introduced to the team, but so the headline in terms of the way we see these results is that we feel we've made some very good strategic progress whilst maintaining our return to profit and investing significantly in both divisions. The strategic progress is really about, in both sides of the business, improving the quality and capability. And you can see some evidence of that in terms of discretionary flows on the wealth side, and in terms of just the number of clients and IPOs and activity levels on the capital market side and the sort of business we're doing. So we feel we've made some really good progress as a business. Clearly, we've maintained profit and we'll talk about the headline numbers and Simon will go into some detail about that later. Uh, and we've invested significantly. So both, both sides of the business have seen new people, whether it's head of wealth planning or whether it's uh, in the climate aligned life sciences or private capital business. So we've, we've put a lot into the business and you can see that in the cost line. Clearly, that's going to take a little while to deliver, but we would expect that to deliver momentum into the second half. But that's a sort of brief summary. If we cover the financial highlights, which is the next slide, good to see a, a significant uptick in revenue, 38% to 17.5 million, obviously last year, 12.7. So really good progress. And that comes from both sides of the business, as you'll see later. Underlying profit up to 1.1 million, clearly maintaining profitability and giving us some flexibility in terms of that investment. Uh, and also doing a lot for cash. So looking very robust from a cash perspective and also from a regulatory capital number. So all in all, a good result for our first half in terms of both growth and in terms of improving uh, the robustness of the business and in terms of investing for the future. Just operationally and really bringing out the point of our improved quality and capability within the business. I mean, just starting on the capital market side, a move to 86 clients in the first half, and that's continued. So we're now at 90. 
you know, there's a significant change to this business. And I think it's more than we've ever had as, as, a, as, a, as a business at WH Ireland. And it just shows you that we're winning clients, which means that the clients, clients are increasingly trusting us given our improved capabilities, both on a sectorial perspective, but also on a distribution basis. So a very positive indicator of the quality of the business. And the size of our clients is also increasing. Alongside that, the size of our transactions are increasing. And we've done 20 transactions, which raised over 190 million in the first half, a big uptick from the first half last year. And that was obviously a strong half anyway. But in particular, doing four IPOs, just remind you, our first IPO for some time was Verid Eateries back in uh, last September. And, and since then, we've done... Uh, uh, as in a year ago, last September. Since then, we've done quite a lot more IPAs, including four this first half, which is a really good indicator of how people are thinking of us as a business. Discretionary flows, significant progress in terms of the absolute number to 1.16, a big uptick, obviously benefiting in part from Harpston. But the most important thing for us is we're now seeing considerable inflows. And Stephen will talk a little bit about that later. And then finally, I think the successful acquisition of Harpston, as evidenced by the retention level of assets, just shows you how well that team has come on board and, and the job it's done in terms of moving assets over to our own platform. Really good experience for us in terms of what happens next in terms of future acquisitions. You know, we've got a really good playbook on how to very successfully transfer people and assets. So all, all in all, some real good progress in the, in the first half. Yeah, momentum will continue, particularly in the wealth side. We can see that coming, particularly at costs fall away uh, in, in, the, in, in, in the second half. But it's really next year that we're looking to a significant growth in margin. But we'll talk more about that as we get through the presentation. With that, I'll hand you over to, to Simon to talk through some of the financial details. Thank you, Philip. So there's an income statement here where we are reconciling between our underlying profit and our statutory profit. We believe that underlying is a much better measure of the business and excludes typically non-cash items and material one-off costs. And you can see those detailed both for the six months to September 21 on a comparative basis. Our total revenue growth of 38% across the group has been achieved by growth in both divisions. And to achieve that, we've made a significant investment in people which is the main driver for those increase in the direct costs over the same period. The total staff numbers, excluding our non-exec directors, has increased by 18, and that's an investment across wealth management staff, up by 12, including 17 from the Hartson acquisition, seven in our capital markets, and our central functions remaining pretty flat, all of which has contributed to an underlying growth in profit before tax of 70%, and an improvement in the margin across the group just up a percentage point to 6.3. This shows you a gross revenue analysis, how we've got to the 17.5 million and that growth over the period. So we're seeing an increased proportion of management and retained income across the group. This gives us much more predictability to our income. 86% of wealth management income is now coming from fees, which is up from 75 same time last year. And our capital markets, their retained fees have increased by over 10%. Capital markets are actually undertaking a larger size of transactions, and that's the driver for the growth in the success fees, although we have seen a slowing down in this towards the end of this period. And our reduced commission income reflects the lower trading activity in quieter market conditions, particularly for our execution clients in both capital markets and on wealth management. Next slide is a balance sheet and our regulatory capital. So we've seen a strong growth in our balance sheet since September 2020, 
principally driven around the successful fundraise and the acquisition of Hartson, which was completed in December 20. We've increased cash balances both over this period and since the year end. The acquisition of Hartson has given us two deferred consideration payments, one of which is due imminently and the second one due in December 2022. And both of those are based on their achievement of their revenue targets. And our regulatory capital insolvency, that's increased to 18.4%, up from where we were this time last year, and also up from the position at the end of the financial year. And that gives, gives us plenty of headroom against the FCA minimum of 8%. I can now pass over to Stephen Ford, who'll just take you through a little bit more detail on the wealth management side of the business. Thank you, Simon. So the story of the first half of iTeam was really all about Hartston, our first acquisition delivered remotely under lockdown conditions. And we're really thrilled with the 98% retention rate, well ahead of our expectations. But more importantly, as a team, we've really developed and built our muscle around re-platforming and bulk asset transfers, both of which will be helpful to us in, in acquisitions ahead. The extra assets from Harpston plus market growth drove a strong growth in revenue up 27% to 7.8 million. And that was despite the significant fall in commission, which Simon highlighted earlier, of 400,000 in the first half. Growth in discretionary assets is also very pleasing at 460 million. That breaks down to roughly 250 million from Harpston, 50 million in organic, and the rest through uh, market performance. And we've seen strong market performance from our book following the appointment of a new CIO and a more organized way in, in managing our client assets. And we evidence that through the strong performance from our navigator portfolios, which now have benchmark beating performances over the past three years. And we'll start to see that being more broadly rolled out throughout the group. Financially, it's pleasing to see the division very near to operating at break even. We're determined to make a proper profit next year. But we start with a good base with our fee income now representing 86% of our total wealth management income. And that's well on the way to our 90% target that we set. Uh, two and a half years ago. Strong growth in discretionary assets, as I touched on, at 1.16 billion. And this is an area we continue to invest in and develop our proposition around. We're seeing strong interest in our proposition now for the first time. And we now need to build those inflows to be more meaningful by broadening out our proposition. Finally, total group AUM up to 2.4 billion. That splits roughly between wealth, man wealth management having 1.6 billion and capital markets having the rest in their execution-only portfolios. Finally, we remain focused on finding that second acquisition. We've built a pipeline. We work with our colleagues in capital markets and now have a framework of looking at acquisitions both systematically and opportunistically. But we, we remain focused on reasonable price, and that tends to mean that we're, we're focusing on smaller targets. But there's a lot of them out there. It's an interesting environment, uh, and we continue to work through them. So with that, I'll hand back to Phil. Thanks, Tim. Just moving on to the capital markets business. I mean, I've touched on a few of these points, but I think we genuinely feel that we've made a, a significant step forward in terms of our franchise and position. I mean, good to see revenue increase of 50%, but underneath that, the increase in retainer income is clearly a really good indication of the underlying strength of the business. Move to 90 clients likewise and the four successful IPOs, they're all good indications of the way that our franchise is seen by our clients. 
and also by the market, and in particular, our ability to distribute very effectively. And part of that, uh, as you no doubt will know, is driven by a very strong high net worth distribution. Um, so yeah, particularly pleasing to relaunch the Investor Forum and to reach nearly 300 high net worth, or over 300 now, high net worth individuals, which together with our investment in multifamily office and our historic high net worth connections really starts to set us up as a, a very different sort of broker in terms of where we can reach in our distribution capability. So that's very positive. I mean, early days on, on the Investor Forum, and we've got a lot to go and a lot to go on the private growth side. Um, but really pleasing in terms of fundamental change. I should just say that some of the investments we've been focused on have been from a sector standpoint. So improving coverage in climate-aligned capital and healthcare gives us you know, two very relevant sectors for both the private and the public market and some real capability, and that's going particularly well. So we, we feel, as I say, a real step forward in terms of our overall franchise and the capital market side. Just taking a step back and just thinking about the broader strategy and the outlook for the business as we look ahead to the end of this year and into next in particular, I mean, we remain still very confident in our overall growth targets. Just to remind you that's $3 billion of discretionary assets with a 20% margin. And on the capital market side, sustainably delivering revenue of 20 million. I think we've made good progress in wealth management, as Stephen has touched on. Harpston clearly has been a very successful transition for us, uh, and it sets us up well in terms of next steps. Clearly, as you can see from the numbers, there's a lot of focus now coming on, on margin, and that's something that we're going to be absolutely focused on in the second half, and particularly into next year, where you should see some progress. Some of that progress is, is effectively removing some costs this year that are one-off or legacy. So we can see that progress coming, but it'll be next year before it really starts to hit the margin. On the capital market side, as I say, you know, we've improved the franchise, but we've also made some significant investment. And that will be the story of next year is how we see that investment starting to produce genuine revenue and profitability. And then finally, you know, just to touch on the private growth capital offering, you know, raising money for private companies is a very exciting part of the world. It's a huge growth opportunity for us. We started to make some investment. We've done the Investor Forum relaunch. You know, we're putting together some, some building blocks to build an exciting business. Early days, but our pipeline is starting to grow, and that, and that could be very interesting, particularly next year. I've talked a lot about momentum. This is very much underpinned by the investment and also by costs falling away. So if you think about the acquisition of Harpston, that has helped us, as Stephen touched on, to really develop our integration process for the next acquisition, as well as, I think, helping us think about our proposition to drive further inflows. Early success on inflows, and I would hope to see that continue as we round out our proposition and as Stephen gets to work across the whole of the organization. I mean, I think the, the, the long-term pipeline of acquisitions, we spent a bit of time in the last six months or so using some of the corporate finance resource to really build an effective 100-company you know, strong pipeline for the next two or three years. And obviously, we've done that because a lot of the businesses we're buying are small and very people-focused, and it's important to build relationships over a period of time, and that's what we are doing. Uh, and obviously, looking out for the acquisition opportunities that, that we can really effectively can compete at. Acquisition costs and some of the retention costs will fall away in 2022, not in the second half to a great degree, but certainly in 2022. And that's where you're going to see the improvement in profitability and margin. And then obviously the investment in private growth capital and the sectors I've talked about. And, and that would be an investment we look to see returns of in, in, in next year. Finally, given the change in franchise and some of these added capabilities, our pipeline on the capital market side is clearly very positive. But I would just add a note of caution, and clearly markets today are pretty challenging in terms of executing, particularly IPOs. 
But we're in a strong position in terms of pipeline, and that's as good as you could ask for from a capital markets business that is clearly in a more positive place than it has been in the past. Just moving to the final sort of comment on Outlook, which is on the last slide, I genuinely feel that we've made a very good start, and that's what we've reported today in a number of different areas, and our KPIs are looking very strong in terms of momentum. We see that momentum very much continuing, and we can see some of that baked in for next year, uh, which gives us a lot of confidence for the longer-term future. But, but clearly, in the next half, we're going to have to grapple, like everyone else on the capital markets business side, um, we're going to have to grapple with what are challenging markets today. Uh, but, but overall, a real step forward in terms of quality in the business, uh, and that will bode well for the future, and we've got a pretty robust base to, to build on. So with that, um, I'm very happy to, to, to take questions. And we've got a few questions here. Can you explain a bit more about the Investor Forum and what it adds to your business? Um, why don't I take that, Philip? I mean, please do add if your voice is up to it. Um, uh, but, but look, I, I think it's very early days on the Investor Forum. But as I touched upon, one of um, WX Island's historic capabilities has been to distribute their transactions into the, the high net worth world. Um, the Investor Forum gives us a very efficient and technically um, uh, strong way to communicate with high net worth individuals. Um, we can do both public and private transactions through it. Uh, and it gives us the opportunity to talk to people, as I say, in an efficient way and to complete and execute on transactions in an efficient way. It's early days. We've had over 300 join, but we obviously look to increase that. Um, and we'll see how that builds over the, the coming six months and beyond. But it, it's clearly adding to our capability in that high net worth distribution. We, we brought on um, a couple of people to, to drive a, a sort of a, a family office um, coverage team uh, at the start of the year, which also adds to that. And so we've got a, an increasingly strong high net worth capability and the Investor Forum will be part of that because it provides a very efficient way to communicate with people. Thank you. And how are you recruiting your high net worth clients and who are they? Yeah, I think like a lot of these things, it, it's about momentum in the business and about what you're offering. So you know, if we've got strong, um, strong uh, offerings in terms of our IPOs or our clients, and we've got attractive private companies raising money, you know, the, the, the high net worth come to us. Um, obviously, there's a word of mouth and there's a uh, a network we have ourselves, but but ultimately, you know, if we've got good companies, which we have, uh, a lot of our clients are very exciting businesses growing either in the public forum or in the private forum, and that that more than is more than sufficient to start to build the the high net worth coverage, as you can see from the the pickup in numbers in a very short space of time. Thank you. And what have been the main changes to the wealth management proposition? been broadening out in essence. When I arrived two, two and a half years ago, this was primarily a stockbroker. Uh, and we've moved our proposition much more to wealth management, much more balanced portfolios. Um, uh, and having made that move, we're now moving into more um, specialist areas. So this year, we've launched um, uh, a proposition designed uh, principally around drawdown. We've looked at the AIM market, for example, where many people do their um, uh, tax planning in unlisted securities, and we found a way to do that through listed securities. So a combination of um, uh, independent financial planning, wealth-managed portfolios, and more specialist propositions uh, are, are, are the key changes that underpin some of those um, inflows we've seen. Thank you. And what size of acquisition are you looking for in wealth management? 
we tend to we'd be looking for something similar to Hartston's in that 500 to 700 million range, but also looking at bolt-ons, much smaller bolt-ons that will add scale to our business without cost. So that might be retiring investment managers or retiring financial planners, um, where we can do a short transition, move the assets to our platform, and then we lose the people costs. So, so those are the two sort of uh, uh, lenses we're we're applying at the moment. Sorry, I'd just add to that. I think that's a, a fair answer. I mean, I, I think we're very focused at the stage of our development um, to, to add capability as well as just assets. And, and you know, clearly, we, we feel that we've got a very strong business, but there are lots of opportunities for us to add capability as we go. So it's not just size that's going to drive it. It's also going to be, you know, what are we buying and, and can, we, can the people we're buying grow with us? And that, that's going to be an important part of our future acquisitions. But size-wise, you know, what we aren't is, is in the sort of private equity 2 billion plus type size. You know, we're, we're down in the, in the sort of 500 type size, which is where we think we've got some competitive advantage. Thank you very much. And how would you fund any acquisitions? Well, I think, you know, depending on, on structure, I mean, uh, there's a reasonably uh, sort of established uh, way of paying for these sorts of businesses. And, and sometimes it's it, and a, and a big part of it's going to be deferred, as we saw in our first acquisition. Um, and we've got you know, some cash and, and obviously we've got the opportunity, providing our shareholders, supporters to use equity as well either directly as a consideration or raise equity for, for cash. So you know, we, we feel confident we've got the firepower to, to take on the sort of acquisitions we've got. Um, but I think that probably answers, answers your question. Thank you very much. And that's the end of questions. Phil, do you have any closing remarks? Look, thank you. I mean, I think the, the only thing I would focus on is, is just uh, the improvement in quality. Um, you know, this business has obviously had a checkered past, but, but we're now in a place where we are making significant strides forward as a business in terms of our franchise and our quality. You, know, you can see that on the, on the wealth side in terms of inflows, proposition development. You know, this is a business that's got its own momentum without acquisitions, which obviously is a key focus for any, us anyway. And on the capital market side, you know, to be doing four IPOs for this business is you know, a real step forward. And to start to have the sector capability in the exciting areas of climate change, uh, life sciences and our private market. I mean, that, that is a, a great place for us to be as a franchise in terms of opportunities that are very relevant to the future. So put all that together. I think we're, we're pleased with the progress we've made, but really pleased with the momentum we've built up for, for next year. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.